Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21 says, and since we have a great high priest, here it is, man. Here it is now. Over the what? Over the what? Huh? He said, because Christ is the head of this church, he says, let us what? Draw near with a sincere heart and in full what? Assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed. Oh, give me that water. With pure water. Amen. I want to talk about this morning in this series, Breaking the Cycle of Insecurities. I want to talk about this morning in the confidence series, developing the confidence to come back to God. Many of us, as we've been in this series, and I've talked about character, I've talked about courage, and now I'm talking about confidence. Many of us want confidence, and we know we need confidence for certain areas of our lives. Confidence, as I told you last week, from a biblical definition, it means boldness. It is having the boldness, thank you, ushers. It is having the boldness to do what you think you cannot do. But the source of your confidence, the path and the pattern that you choose is important. I told you some people build up their confidence from different things. Being a Christian and in this new way of life, it's not like the old way. You see, we were born in sin. Uh, we were searching for significance. Come on, somebody. Uh, we were trying to navigate our way through life until the Lord found us where he found us. Anybody, he found you on the rough side of the mountain? Anybody here this morning, you can honestly say that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. You see, confidence is the belief in oneself. The conviction, amen, that one has the ability to meet life's challenges and to succeed and the willingness to act accordingly. Confidence we need. Many of us may feel like, Pastor, I've messed up with God. Or I have been going through the motion with God. When you come to God, though, it is important that you have a level of confidence. Watch this. Some of us pray with no confidence. Some of us praise with no confidence. Some of us pr uh, preach with no confidence. Some of us serve with no confidence because we're just going through the motion. Come on, somebody. When you come to God, it's important that you approach him a certain way. God, through Jesus Christ, has already made a way for you and I to come before him. And I want to talk to somebody here today. Maybe you've left God. 
Maybe you've let God down or, or maybe you're distant from God or maybe you've disappointed God. Or Today, I want to say this to you. You can develop the confidence that you need to come back to God. Do I have a witness? And I want to say to somebody here today, even if you feel distant from God, God hasn't left you. God is not the one that's creating the space. It is you that's creating the space. Do I have anybody? The writer of the book of Hebrews builds an argument from chapter 9 on that only Christ is the sufficient sacrifice for us to approach God. In other words, what he's saying in throughout this chapter, in chapter 9 and chapter 10, that the temporary sacrifice of bulls, goats, and rams was temporary to forgive us of our sins. Now we have a permanent solution to what the problem really was in our lives. And the problem really, saints, was sin. Sin separated us from God. Chapter 9, he deals with that. He reminds them that there's a new way, though. There's a new way to approach God. He says in verse 19, therefore, brethren, since we have the confidence to enter into the holy place by the blood of who? Jesus. By a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us, watch this, through the veil that is his flesh. Last week I told you that you can develop the confidence to come back to, 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 to approach God. But today I want to talk about the confidence to come back to God. And so how do we do that? If you look at verse 21, it says, and since, because the veil has been ripped. Remember what I told you last week. The priests would go in through the veil to make sacrifices for atonement for our sins, right? Watch this. And, and that's how the people would get right with God once a year. But now that veil has been torn in half, and now we have access through to the holy of holies, into the presence of God, watch this, so that we can pray directly to God. There's no problem that God can't fix. But here's the thing, there's nothing that you as a believer can't ask God for because you and I now have access to God. Do I have anybody? And so, and so he says, and since that, because of that, we have a great priest, you see that? Over the what? The house of God. So let me address this real quick. Some people got a problem with the church today. Matter of fact, not some. Most people got a problem with the church today. And so if I'm going to come back to God, the first thing I got to do is I got to come back to the corporate church where Christ is the head. Stop going to these mini churches, these pop-up churches. Oh, I wish I had somebody. These pop-up events that call themselves, themselves churches. We have to come back. If you want to come back to God, you, got, you and I got to do it right. And here's what you got to do. You got to come back through the corporate church where Christ is the head. Come back to church, y'all. Stop sitting at home thinking you can have your own ministry when the church is here and Christ is the head. He says we have a great priest over the house of God. You see what it says? Over the what? The house of God. The church may have gotten a bad name today. 
But no matter how messed up the church is, Christ is still over it. The church is where you develop confidence, watch this, in the word, in worship, in witnessing, in working and serving and living. We have to be, though, approachable, accountable, accessible, and teachable. Some of us have missed it when it comes down to the church. You see, you can't let people talk to you and turn you away from the church where Christ is the head, y'all. Can I help you with this? The church has gotten a bad reputation today. And what we got to do, if we're going to come back to God, stop thinking like this, right? There are some people who think, well, I can get right with God at home. You ain't got no pastor. I had a gentleman tell me the other day, he said, yeah, I, 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 the church is out here. Okay. All right. I hear people say that. The church is out here. Church is in here. Okay. If the church is in here and the church is out here, who's feeding you? Are you the pastor? And why did he say, I will give you pastors after my own? How, why did he say, how can they hear without a preacher? See, if you're going to come back to God, you've got to come back to the corporate church. Hebrews chapter 2, 17 says, Therefore he had to make him like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, watch this, to make propitiation for the sins of his people. In other words, Jesus had to become the high high priest in order to settle the debt. And every time you come into the church of God, you understand this. You are meeting God right here. Are you with me? Look what he says this. He says next. He says, okay. He says, let us now, because we have a great priest, let us draw what? Write this point down. Commit to this, to developing a closer relationship with God. Here's the thing. You can't come back to God and sit in the back row all your life. Listen, a lot of us are coming to church, but we're not building a relationship. See, don't fall in love with the building, fall in with the one who's over the building. Fall in the one who's spiritually accessible. Watch this day and night. All you got to do is pray. And when we come together, we come together to practice what we've been doing privately. Come on, somebody. You can practice your shout corporately. Listen, the one who shouts publicly is shouting privately. Do I have... Do I have anybody? He says, let us draw near. Listen, why is it that when people come to church, they're so standoffish? Listen, he says, draw near. Let us what? Draw near. Draw near unto him in prayer. Draw near in sacrifice. Draw near in worship. Draw near in devotion of your life to him. Not everyone can draw near. See, I believe that's what the problem is. The problem is we can't get close to God because we're standing away from God. Because we got a problem with the church of God. Can I tell you this? You can't have a problem with the church and say you love God. They go together. I'm going to say it one more time. They go together. 
If you're convinced that Christ is over the head, over over the church, you will have the confidence to what to draw near. When was the last time you drew near to God? Those who are far off are not convinced, and they have no confidence because they have been deceived. Watch this as to who is over the house of God. They think it's the pastor. Now let me say this: that there are some there are some churches out here that's a mess. There are some places out here where Christ is not the head, but you're not part of that. Come on, help me somebody. Amen, because I've seen it before. He says, look what he says. He says, I'm coming back to God. He says, let us draw near with what? With what, y'all? With a sincere what? Woo! Here's the next point. Check your heart and your motives. This word sincere, you know what it means? It means to be real. It means to be genuine. I realize some people look me in the eye and they lie to me. They do. They straight up lie. I'm like, man, wow. Can I tell you something? You can't come back to God if your heart ain't right. And you're wondering, why is it taking so long for my boo to get back? Heart ain't right. Motives ain't right. No sincerity of heart, y'all. Come on, don't get quiet. You can keep coming and coming, but here's the sign that you're real. You ready? You ready? Here's how you know if you have a real sincere heart. You're changing. And watch this. No matter what the devil throws at you, you're getting better. Because you're genuine. How many can say I'm genuine? Pastor, I'm for real. My heart, I'm sincere. Come on, y'all. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> Don't tell on yourself. So if you're going to come back to God, you have to come back to God, but you got to check your heart and your motives. What's your motive? Why are you coming? Are you coming because you're, you're, you're experiencing something? Because you want a relationship with God? Are you coming because you're scared that if you don't come back, you're going to lose everything? That ain't the relationship God wants with you. God's going to bless you either way. You ever heard of grace and mercy? Well, let me tell you something. The ones who are fallen, they get more grace than you. And the only reason why God don't destroy them is because his name is attached to them. See, here's the thing. Fallen people, you got to know how God works. Remember, his anger is but for a moment. Amen. But watch this. The reason why fallen people look like they're being blessed is because God in his patience. But if you want to come back to God, you got to come with a sincere heart. Or put me around some people who are sincere. Who their yes is yes and their no is no. Put me around some people whose heart is real and they're real people. You understand what I'm saying? Their yes is yes. They know they don't have integrity. They walk in uprightness. They walk in truth. Listen, I think we spend too much time examining what we're not doing, that we're not looking at the things that we are doing, but God is not looking at your works. He's looking at your heart. Now watch where the, where the text takes a turn. It's turned. He says... Draw near with a sincere heart in what? In full assurance of what? Faith. Here's the next point. Confident, ready? 
about your faith and your belief in God. Listen, how can I come to God? This word, this word for assurance means that you have been fully persuaded. You have full conviction that no matter who comes to you and talks to you about your God or try to sway you in a different direction, you are solid about your faith and your conviction and your beliefs about God. Saints, if you really believe God, you will live like it. Come on and say amen. This word, this word means to bear your cross. It means to be driven. I'm so full of assurance in my faith that, watch this, ain't nothing moving me. Come what may. Storms and rains. Come on, somebody. Situations and circumstances. Ups and downs. We can't come before God with no faith. Or doubting yourself when you come back to him. See, here's the thing. When you come back to him, you got to understand that this, the relationship doesn't start over. It just continues. You can't doubt the Bible. You can't doubt the Holy Spirit. You can't doubt the church. You can't doubt the Holy Trinity. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people who are being pulled away from the Lord because they doubt this all of a sudden they grow a brain they're like this ain't real the holy spirit ain't real the church ain't about nothing but how many of you have been here long enough to see miracles i just heard someone just came off of a ventilation ventilator machine and in rehab sister, sister williams uh, uh, a daughter okay i'm gonna say it one more time she was on a ventilator machine about to be up out of here, but the saints was praying. I heard Brother Johnny's out of the hospital. We've been praying on Friday night. Come on, somebody. You're telling me don't come to church? You're telling me that I don't believe anymore in God? Come on, somebody. Let me help somebody with something. Stop letting the devil play tricks on you, making you think that this stuff ain't real. You may have broken fellowship, but you haven't broken relationship. Because you feel the conviction of your sins, don't respond by drawing back. Run to him, and he will forgive you. Listen, God doesn't leave us. Can I tell you something? It's, a, it's our convictions. Let me tell you this. It's, a, it's your convictions about your faith that keeps you grounded. So in other words, it falls in the, into your value systems. So I value fellowship. I value worship. So if someone comes and tells me, nah, you don't need to go today. You don't need, and it starts just like that. Because you value it, because of your convictions and your assurance of your faith, you can approach God. And you can come back to God. Are, are you with me? Watch what he says next. He, watch what he says next. You ready? Watch what he says. He says, and, 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 and having our hearts, what? Our hearts. See, as a believer, you got to understand that you have a new heart. Stop, stop. You got to know who you are. You got to know your identity in Christ. We have to know who we are. The devil keeps painting a picture of something that you're not anymore. Come on, come on. I'll tell your neighbor, I'm a changed person. 
I'm transformed. He says, having our hearts, what? Sprinkled. What? Clean. From a what? Evil conscience. This definite article here in the Greek, it serves to emphasize. It serves as an identifier. Look what it says. It says, having our hearts, what? The heart is what? Sprinkled. The conscience is what? Clean. Your conscience is what, what gets next to you. Your heart is what needs to be cleaned up. But watch this. If you're going to come back to God, the next thing is you got to come to Christ so he can restore your heart and clear your conscience. So it's no more than just coming back to church. It's coming to Christ and being cleansed because you have already been cleansed. So now it's a process of what? Sanctification. It's a process of rededication. The writer here probably uses this as an exhortation to lay hold consciously of the cleansing benefit of Christ on the cross. And the fact that you can draw near to him because he has sprinkled his blood. Come on, somebody over you and cleanse you. The problem is sometimes we fall, but we can get back up. I want to tell somebody here today as I close that you got to draw near to God. Don't allow the guilt of what you're going through cause you to forget who you are in Christ. But if you're going to come back to him, if you're going to come back to him, you got to come to Jesus. You got to ask Jesus to restore you or to save you. And then when he cleanses your heart, when he restores your heart, and when he cleanses your conscience, you can worship again. Come on, somebody. You can praise again. You can say hallelujah again. You can have a vision of a bright future. Why? Because you and I have been cleansed. But lastly, he says something here in the text. He says, and our bodies. I, I wondered that. I, I said, what is the deal with the body? He talks about the non-material. But then he goes to the material. He says, and having our, evil, uh, having our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies what washed with what pure water the last thing you gotta do you ready you gotta come to christ but the last thing you gotta do is confess your sins to god see the body is where the sin happens you follow me body is where the sin happens your mouth is where the confession begins. And all you have to do, all we have to do, the reality is we're going to sin over and over and over and over again. But can I, help you, can I help somebody with something? When he says that your heart's been sprinkled, it's a one-time event. When he says your conscience has been cleansed of evilness, it's a one-time event. That is at the point of salvation. But now it is sanctification. 
And if you're going to come, listen, and for as long as you live, you're going to have to keep returning to him. Listen, I know people, listen, don't just sit in church every week and say, I'm good. You know where you are. Even the best of us need to come and be prayed for. Even the best of us need to be, even the most spiritual of us need to come for restoration. The carpet cleaning business sometimes offer a special service for removing pet urine. To show potential customers the need to service, the need for the service, what they do is they darken the room and they turn on a powerful black light. The black light causes the urine crystals to glow brightly. The horror of the homeowner even drop, <laughs> every drop and dribble can be seen. Not only on the carpet, but usually on the walls, on the drapes, furniture, lampshades. One salesman tells the story of a homeowner who begged him to shut the light off. I can't look at it anymore. I don't care what it costs. Please clean it up. Another woman said, I'll never be comfortable in my home again. The stains were there all the time, but they were not, but they were invisible until the right light exposure exposed them. It would have been cruel to some customers the extent of their problem, show them the extent of their problem, and then say too bad and walk away. The carpet cleaning company brought the light so that they would what? Deliberately want the cleaning service. Well, in the same way, God shines the light of his holiness. And then leave us there. But to make us want to come back to him for a cleanse. I'm talking to somebody here today. You got to come back to the corporate church where Christ is the head. You got to commit to developing a closer relationship with God. You got to check the motives of your heart. And you have to develop the confidence about your convictions and your beliefs about God. You got to come back to Christ so that he can clean and restore your heart. But lastly, you got to confess your sins. I know, I know, I know. Can I tell you something what sin does to us? It causes us to lack confidence in anything. Sin causes us to hide. To be less productive. Watch this. It causes us guilt. You're ignoring it. And if you're here today. And you need to come back to the Lord. Amen. You say, Pastor, you know what? I want to draw near, but sometimes it's so difficult. So difficult. Next week, I'll show you. I'll show you next week in this very, in this very chapter what people do to avoid accountability with God. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? I need prayer this morning. 
I want to have the confidence to come back to him. Would you come this morning? If you need prayer this morning, if you need restoration this morning, if you're watching online, whatever you, whatever you need today, God is available. But I want to say to somebody here today, the clear sign that you and God is together is your commitment. No, having a clear conscience, a person may not have a dime in their pocket, but their conscience is so clear. You know that thing that don't let you sleep at night? That's not only the Holy Spirit, that's your conscience. Because you're thinking on what you said or what you did or what you got involved in and what you've been speaking, what you've been looking at, what you've been involved in. What you've been fantasizing about, your conscience is telling you it does not line up with God.